senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, this is episode 36. We're actually getting this done relatively early for us on a Sunday. I can see sunshine through the window. Yeah, well, unfortunately we're not going to be outside to do anything about it until the show's over. No. It's that shitty time of year where it's not quite fall. It was like 86 degrees out. Yeah. So it felt like summer when I went to the comic store to, to get some more bags and boards and a long box. And we're going to walk out of the house in an hour and a half to go get food and booze, and it's going to be pitch black. Then we'll start smelling wood stoves. <laughs> yeah, it's just like sensory confusion. That's that's the time of year this is. Yeah, it's it's just a fucked up time of year in New England. It's It's the time of year where you can leave to think that you're going out and starting some day drinking only to come home in the dark. That's better. Because well, there, there's nothing worse <laughs> than walking out of a bar... In the daylight, because we yeah. did that on Friday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just stumble out and your eyes are squinting. Sunlight brings pain. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it feels wrong even after years of practice. I just, I can never get used to that. Yeah. The worst used to be when I used to work in downtown Boston, there was a bar, J.J. Foley's, that was, it was a classic windowless yeah. Irish <laughs> shithole. It's a black box. Yeah. It's uh, the no food. You want food, you go elsewhere. You're there to drink. And I would go there after work in the summertime and sit there for two or three hours drinking with people from, and walk out just, and it was like the police were shining yeah. God's <laughs> own sunlight into your face. It's like, you know what you've done, don't you, son? It's like, yes, I'm terrible. Wow. <laughs> it's, I mean, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, right up until the the rampant alcoholism that took out your unit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was one particular bad night where I swear to God, it was a Friday night, and I came back Monday, and one dude, his wife had kicked him out, <laughs> and we found out a few years later, a few weeks later, another one was pregnant. Another guy just didn't show up for weeks. He went on a legitimate alcoholic bender. He just was not showing up. You destroy everything you touch. Yeah, I walked out of that fine. <laughs> I kept the job. I was at work bright and early on Monday. I'm very good at very few things, <laughs> but I can handle my liquor. You are the best there is at what you do, and what you do is turn beer into pee to make it safe for the world. <laughs> exactly. I keep it away from kids. <laughs> By the time kids get their hands on it, it's an entirely different felony, but... So, yeah, we, we got that to to look forward to. Maybe we can actually get into the bar. Oh, my God. Well, it, it depends. I don't know when the Patriots are playing. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll, we'll have Again, to see. Again, we, we know nothing about this this ball covered in leather that seems to be important on Sundays. Yeah, it, it does nothing <laughs> for us. I mean, this was yet another Sunday, it, and it's worse than, you know, I, I've been bitching for weeks, and it's going to be about another six weeks just looking at the number of long boxes that are around. But it was another, not just Sunday, but I took the day off my job on Friday to keep cataloging books to get them yeah, into storage to turn really this into a studio. Impressive. We can see wall now. Yeah. But the problem is we can also see the lines from the lid of every long box <laughs> where they rubbed into the paint. They're just so, gently nestled against the wall. <laughs> yeah. So we're either going to have to paint or we're going to have to get some kind of bookshelf or God, something for that. I don't want to paint. 
buy a bookcase for the yeah. love of God. <laughs> well, it's just looking at this. If I go back to one one long box a week, it's going to be another six weeks before we have anything to do with it. But I, I literally, Friday I spent from 9 a.m. until 4 o'clock cataloging books and putting them aside. I did almost two long boxes on Friday. I bagged and boarded another 100 books yesterday and another 100 today. So I got four long boxes because I never got the one from last Sunday out of here ready to go to storage. Yeah, in my car, I've got the tiny little thing. I can only fit one at a time. I don't know how I'm going to get them all out of here during the week before I have to. Because I can't legitimately take another day off work <laughs> because of comic books. So what is the total number of comic books that you've entered into that database at this point? I don't have it right in front of me, but it's, as of today, close to 12500 Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and the sad thing is, as I go through them, I, I keep an online price guide up. Because ones that have any kind of value at all, I, I don't want to put in storage right not like it matters you know we could you know have a fire or the sprinklers could go off here just as easily as there but you know just in case yeah. i need to liquidate them i want them here it's uh, yeah i just finished my 43rd long box today and i've got just under two of them that have any value it's like just about five percent wow of my collection has any value whatsoever beyond cover price but I got to tell you, as you go through them, every time I come across an early Walking Dead, it's like <laughs> ching. It's like, oh, all right, this will be beer money some nights. <laughs> this will make the payments on my nursing home. Well, wouldn't it make more sense though to go through some of those other boxes and then just like pull together a run of something that's not important and buy a six pack with that? Well, here's the problem. <laughs> They're, they're spread all over the place. Yeah. Because a lot of these things... Yeah, you have them chronologically rather than alphabetically. They're not even chronologically. Because <laughs> part of the problem was a, a lot of these things were bagged and boarded and put in long boxes in no order whatsoever, with no cataloging whatsoever, in various moves. Right. You know, books build up and you got to move. Well, I want the, you know, I want the comics to survive, so I'm bag board in the box, bag board in the box. So I've got stuff that goes across, you know, if it's a four-issue miniseries, it could be in <laughs> box three, box 18, 19, and 32. Wow. So, I mean, that's... That's it, a Bendis book, right? It came out, like, just so staggered. It was, like, several months before <laughs> before it was... <laughs> no, those are even more <laughs> random because of the, of the timing on Bendis when he decides to sit down. And I'm going to whip out six issues of Powers and then forget it exists for two years. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I mean, they're... That's what I should do. And sort of in my head when I started this, it's like, all right, I, I, I want to know everything I've got. And then maybe I can, you know, yeah, liquidate. Because there's, there's a guy at our local comic store who that's how he pays for his comics. Right. You know, he sells old runs on eBay. And, and he says, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, every comic is the one that somebody is looking for. It's yeah. the one issue that they're missing. So, you know, you can at least get your money back. But even after all this, I don't know how I'm going to put runs together. <laughs> That would be that'll be a separate headache. <laughs> That'd be an even worse headache because I've been working on this for a year and a half just to know what's there. You want me to put them in alphanumerical order <laughs> now? Not forgetting a big bag of books comes in every Wednesday. Yeah. That's part of the thing that slowed me down. I'd just done boxes for for maybe two months. Now I got two months worth of books. I got a bag and board and catalog right. on top of the long boxes. So it just it it never stops. <laughs> You know, people bitch about buying boats. This is a far more expensive and time-consuming <laughs> hobby if you want to have any clue about what you got. Yeah. 
but I got some cool stuff. I didn't realize I had like early Invincibles. I didn't even know I owned them. <laughs> Look those up. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this will buy a bottle of Jack Daniels to kill the pain in my back from being hunched over the fucking yeah, barcode you really scanner. Should buy a proper office chair. I found this dining room chair from a fifty-year-old set <laughs> in my hallway, uh, so about twelve years ago. <laughs> It's worth everything I paid for it. and uh, Yeah, the back pain that you need to buy the Jack Daniels for. I will never walk straight again. <laughs> and I, I can't feel my ass anymore. <laughs> On the plus side, there I also have no idea how large it's become because of it. So it's working out. As long as you have a plan. Don't diss my plan. I'm not dissing. It, it had every step. Open door, seat chair, claim chair. Avoid, get, be, avoid getting bed bugs, apparently. You don't know who else sat in that chair. It's all wood, and it was the 90s when I found it. There were no bed bugs in southeastern Massachusetts (laughs) where I was living. Cockroaches, sure, but that was at the place across the street. Oh, oh, okay. We were in a relatively clean place, and besides, the amount I smoked in that apartment, nothing Nothing. could live in there. (laughs) Well, that is true. (laughs) We could barely stay in there. I mean, I did better because, hey, my habit, but... (laughs) Nicotine is, I believe, a, a, a bug... Uh, killing fluid, isn't it? Uh, like, don't d- they use that? Like, d- d- don't don't discriminate. It kills everything. Didn't they spray that shit? Like, <laughs> uh, me personally, no, I I have no idea. <laughs> My dad used to work tobacco farms. He'd probably know. It'd be ironic if they sprayed down the tobacco <laughs> farms with nicotine. Yeah, it'd be funny if there were actually no nicotine in tobacco. <laughs> if it's just, it the, just the there. insecticide they sprayed on it, but. Don't bother to look it up. Who cares if nicotine's care. an insecticide? What I care about is supposedly it takes care of Alzheimer's disease, and and I got a lot of old fogies on on my side of the fa- on my yeah. mom's side of the family that live to be a hundred with no clue who they are. It is a uh, natural insecticide. All right, so I will keep smoking my e-cigarette, and it will keep mosquitoes away from me, so I, <laughs> I don't get the West Nile or the tsetse flies. Or- <laughs> Bot fly infections in my eyes. That's and great. So when we go to like Belize, you won't get like that worm that burrows into your scrot. We're or... not going to fucking Belize. They don't have a comic convention there. Don't be stupid. <laughs> you might get me to London because they got one or two there. But to Belize, I got to go to the beach and drink in the sun. We've established I don't do well with that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just been another goddamn long week with the with the comic books and uh, i love them that's why i take individual care of each one of them but now you're looking up comic cons in belize do you really want to go to belize not not really it was just now i was curious yeah and the first thing that comes up san diego that's as close to belize (laughs) as you can get and even buy a comic book christ's sake go to san diego every year we we don't go to tijuana because there's no comic books there's only kidnapping and sadness (laughs) And donkey shows, apparently. Kidnapping, sadness, and donkey shows. Right, All right, we'll, we'll go next year. <laughs> and you write that down. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, been, it's just been days and days where I do nothing but comic books. And with the week, it's been like that, too, because the TV shows are starting to come out. Right quicker. I am. <laughs> no, the, the TV shows are coming out. This is right. Yeah. it's uh, there were, We had two of them this week. Yes. We had Gotham. And the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Which is cool. And it was cool to finally see Gotham. Cause yeah. As, as you can tell from earlier episodes, if you go back through our archive, a couple of them leaked on the internet and we were able to see them 
this year. We we've seen the Constantine pilot already, mm-hmm. and we've seen the Flash. Gotham never leaked. There were one or two no. reviews that came out on one or two sites. Well, some 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 people got to see it ahead of time for review purposes. Yes, well, we were not up among those. Well, that's because we're a small outfit who talks about donkey shows. Nobody really wants to yeah. get into bed with us because they'll be shrieking. And no, no. Oh, no, they might talk shit about our show. But really, more importantly, they just talked about donkey shows. We're not going there. <laughs> Frankly, donkey shows better than the Constantine pilot. But <laughs> I will take your word for it. <laughs> no, I'm not admitting anything. But. <laughs> That's why I don't go anywhere without you. <laughs> I can't justify <laughs> anything I've ever done in my life before before I met you. But but yeah, we never got to see Gotham. Yeah. And we <laughs> I still don't know why the fuck they did this at, at Comic Con in San Diego this year. We could have gone to see it. Yep. Um because they debuted it in a panel. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, and they've never done this before, we might have talked about this on a previous episode. It was like a four hour fucking Hall H panel. Yeah. Where they showed... Everything. Yeah, they showed The Flash, and then Constantine, and Gotham was last. Yeah. Now, Hall H is enough of an unholy nightmare to get, to ever get near. The, the idea of sitting there for four hours and watching these things I'd already seen... And I, Yeah, and I'm not sure that I, I would want to have to sit through the Constantine uh, screening again. I yeah. Mean, even even when it hits again in October, I mean, you know, the Tebow's going to get it, and then I might just wait for the next one. Yeah, because like, <laughs> we were finally able to get that into the, the TiVo. For, thank yeah. you, TiVo software update, <laughs> where you can just say, get me this show whenever it comes out. But So, yeah, it'll get it, but uh, we should probably watch it, because, you know, again, what we found is not necessarily what's going to be on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't I, know what editing magic they can do to make what's-her-face the... The girl exposition. The girl exposition that they're going to write out of the show anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Any more interesting <laughs> than than she possibly was? Yeah. Short just cutting her out. I, but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it, I'll watch it to see if there's any differences. But I'm more looking forward to. Clearly, they're already making changes on that. But yeah, I mean, so but Gotham was the one that I was most looking forward to that we haven't seen. Right. Because I think it was the only one we haven't seen. But. <laughs> well, and also it was, it was the one that had the most interesting premise. Uh, yeah, it, and it, it got really good reviews from the one or two early reviews that came out over the summer. Yeah, and you know, it's we have read most of Gotham Central and really liked that. So the idea of sort of that as a TV show is interesting that ain't what it was no no um, you know and if you've seen it and uh, we'll warn you right now we're gonna spoil the living shit out yes, of this as we yes, talk we about are. it there's, <laughs> there's no real way to talk about it without doing it but so i mean what were your initial impressions we've watched it a couple times at this point i i thought there was a lot to like but i think the fact that they're fixating so much on out of the gate, you know, who killed the Waynes? I don't think that we need to solve that. <laughs> yeah, they very much set it up. It, it's just about the first scene in the show. Yeah. I and mean, the first scene in the show is Selena Kyle wandering around stealing shit without saying a word. She's yeah. in like three scenes in this show and does nothing <laughs> but just sort of be there and slink around. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the fuck she's doing there. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. But... But yeah, it's uh, one of the things she slinks around and sees is the the Wayne murder, and it is set very much up 
as, oh, this is important beyond the origin of Batman important, right. but we get a good look at his eyes, which really looked like they had fucking eye, mascara or something. Yeah. Some I... kind of eye makeup. <laughs> so it's, it, it is very clearly set up to mean, oh, this, this isn't, it, it's set up as not a random killing. Yeah. And yeah, the, the entirety of the episode is trying to solve it and they think they found who did it and then they, they didn't. It turns out, <laughs> yeah, it was a frame up. So, yeah, I mean, first of all, the the Batman origin has changed on and off over the years from a random criminal to it being Joe Chill and somebody having sent them for particular reasons. And I've always been partial to Batman's parents need to be killed by just some random criminal who never yeah. gets caught. Yeah, because his, his fight is against crime. It's about making it safe for people to walk the street without having to worry about random acts of violence. Exactly. And if it's if it's Joe Chill or Jack Napier or whoever, if it's a face, it becomes much harder to believe that he would train to fight crime. He would train to go wipe out that guy. Yeah. And we we get hints of it even in this episode where you know when young Bruce is told by Detective Gordon that they got the wrong guy, it's like, no, I'm glad he's still out there. Yeah. Or I'm glad he's still alive. Which really, it potentially, and I've always thought this, every time they brought up Joe Chill, it's, no, if it's a particular dude, he'll go get that dude. It doesn't make sense to be Batman. Yeah. Unless it was random. If it's a particular dude, you don't even necessarily need to train and go, you've got millions and billions of dollars. Uh, yeah. You it, can have him removed from this earth yeah, you, <laughs> without you, leaving your house. You could write a check and disappear him. The, yeah. the phone will ring once with a hang up and you know he's gone. You've got Wayne Industries. You can create the laser like in real genius that fires from the sky and <laughs> giant <laughs> spinning mirror. <laughs> That would be kind of awesome. I would watch a show about a guy so overwrought by his parents' murder that he creates a death ray. Next on drone. For a particular dude. <laughs> That's all he does is he tinkers and then, uh, yeah, the the series finale is he pushes a button and says, I'm going to the titty bar. I'm, I believe my mission is complete. I'm out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, if it's if it's not a random guy, he'll go after that particular person. Now, in in the long term, you know, this episode sets up that Carmine Falcone is in control. There are various other mob bosses. There's intimations that there's potentially a gang war for control coming on. Yep. So I can see a long-term eventual reveal that, oh, it was this particular branch of the mob and it turns out Bruce Wayne's father was into this and all shit that I don't fucking want. Yeah. You know. Well, they're, and they're already intimating some weird crap that I don't necessarily want to have to explore. That uh, Jim Gordon's dad was like a really famous DA in Gotham and might have been in bed with like Falcone. Like, like yeah. And it's the, obviously this is. <laughs> It's it's not obvious. I was going to say, obviously, this is not Batman's story, but we spent a good chunk of time with 12-year-old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and we spent a shitload of time with everybody, almost everybody who's ever going to become a Batman rogue ever. Well, that's, that's, I guess, going to be the question is, you know, who or what exactly are we following here? Because they've got such an ensemble where, you know, 
We have the person who's going to be the penguin. We have the person who's going to be Catwoman. We have the person that's going to be the Riddler. We have, you know, all of these people. And, you know, some people show up and it's like, ooh, Easter egg. Or is it? Like, are we going to be bothered to follow this person after this episode? And, you know, in terms of we were were rereading Gotham Central because it's an awesome run by Brubaker and Rucka. But also just to kind of see, are there similarities, differences? And I think the larger difference is that Gotham Central is a police procedural that has, you know, hints of freaks and capes in the background. And that's what motivates major crimes to work as hard as it does, because it doesn't feel like it should have to compete with Batman or others. Yeah, it's it's something that really worked well in that book. Yeah. But it really needs Batman. Right. Because th- there were two cool things that went on through, and I, I've not reread the entire thing. Um, frankly, when it came out, I was reading mostly Vertigo comics. I yeah. got one or two of the late issues, and then recently I've picked up the first three trades to, to get back into the, the earlier stuff. And the, the couple of things that really worked were they're not really equipped to deal with the freaks. Yeah. So there's an early scene in, I think, the first issue where just two detectives running down a kidnapping lead open a door and it's Mr. Freeze. And they can't fucking deal yeah. with that. Well, because they, they were actually, you know, they were clocked out. They were just checking one more thing because it was related to a, a kidnapped girl. Yeah. And they cared about the little girl. So they couldn't, in good conscience, not check out this tip, even though they were pretty sure it was going to be bogus. And then they get there, and because of that, you know, it's it turns out to be Mr. Freeze. They have no backup. It goes tragically wrong. Yeah, <laughs> which it would. The best detective in the world opening the door on, I don't know, Doomsday <laughs> is yeah. going to have a bad fucking day. Yeah, like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. No donuts are going to help. The only donut that's going to help you is the inflatable kind you sit on when you've taken it in the ass. It, it becomes like something out of Clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> Sorry we bothered you, sir. <laughs> We're we're collecting for the for the policeman's ball. Candy gram. <laughs> no, not that policeman's ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But so, and that's my fear is that, and it's really early to tell. My fear is that with enough potential rogues gallery people here, that they'll pull the trigger on them prematurely and turn it into how do we deal with super crime? Right. Because number one, that's not nearly as interesting without the tension of the temptation for some of these cops to say just leave it to batman yeah you know it's you know light up (laughs) there's one scene uh in the i don't know have you gotten to the arc where uh the joker is the shooter yeah where uh, yeah it's screw it let's turn on the bat signal yeah (laughs) i'm not authorized to do it but we're gonna go do it right now (laughs) because we can't deal with this right and uh, uh yeah it and and that early scene with a dude from robbery saying, uh, "Oh, uh, I I got someone to confess that uh that they saw Catwoman do it." Right. And, and Montoya's like, "You bullshit! You know this wasn't Catwoman." <laughs> Actually, it was Alan. <laughs> yeah, Alan. Okay, you just want to kick this off up to Major Case so he can wipe it off the board. Yeah. And then they go and they solve it, and yeah, Catwoman had nothing to do with it. It was like the the owner of the store's junkie brother. <laughs> yeah. But. Making it a show if it goes in that direction, and all the pieces are there if that's the direction that Gotham wants to go, making it cops trying to deal with super criminals 
it's missing half the equation. Yeah. You know, because without Batman there to potentially act as a backup, yeah, there's there's no tension in the department, you yeah. know, either in the sense of let him handle it or no, we're the police. We're good police. I would really rather that we weren't seeing... I, I, I don't mind seeing the mob. The mob is our sort of always been understood as being a, an element that led to the corruption of, of everything in Gotham because they had their fingers in everything. So before you had a, a penguin or a Catwoman or a, you know, Croc or a Clayface, you had Falcone. Yeah. Um, you had the Roman. You had... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would rather see those mobsters and stop distracting me with... Cobblepot, Enigma. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it's there were way too many Batman winks and nods in this. Considering there's not a chance in hell we get Batman for at least five years. Yeah, unless we do some kind of time jump. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, is the idea of Enigma as some kind of CSU. CSI monkey, <laughs> you know, kind of interesting? Well, yeah, but what the fuck do you do with that? You know, either he sits there asking, you know, riddles of his fellow cops and just becomes an irritation. And frankly, <laughs> he's already fucking irritating in the first episode. Yeah. Or you make him the Riddler. And are you really going to make him the Riddler with no Batman there to deal with? Well, that's just it. Like, you know, does he get fired after five or six years? And then, like, you know, conveniently, it, it coincides with the rise of Batman year one or two. Yeah. Like <laughs> and uh, same thing with, uh, I thought Cobblepot's character was fine. But I like the way they disposed of it. You yeah. know, it, that's a good disposition. Here's here's a piece. See, huh? It's Batman. Now get him off the board. Yeah. And we already know we're not going to see that because didn't we see him in the preview for next week's episode walking yeah. down the street and getting picked up by somebody? So we're not done with him yet. Right. He'll be back in some fashion. Yeah. It, it would have been perfect for the, you know, set up possible execution at the dock. Yeah. And I warn you again, we're spoiling everything. <laughs> the set up possible execution at the dock. You know, he goes in the river and escapes and goes off to, I don't know, Kansas City or some other <laughs> shithole. Star City or something, yeah. yeah. build himself up a little bit of a fortune to come back later when Batman's around to try to consolidate control over something. Yeah, maybe. I I, I hope that's what they do, but if we see him again next week, uh, all right. <laughs> well, it's, and the other problem, and we talked about this when we watched it on Monday, was by making it, uh, the the scene is set up that, Gordon needs to execute Cobblepot or uh or bad things will happen to him and Falcone Barbara. will <laughs> will go after him and Barbara. So he needs to he needs to kill Cobblepot the show, make his bones basically. He's on yeah. board with the general corruption. Right. But the problem is there's no tension in that scene. No. Because you know Penguin doesn't die before Batman shows up. Right. So you know what's going to happen and they do their best with the music and the it's, it doesn't matter. I know how it's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. It's either Jim Gordon, you know, shoots up in the air and says, I'm the last honest man, which seems stupid. <laughs> or he fakes the shooting. So it, it takes all the tension out of it, except how does he get around having to shoot him? Yeah. And that's going to be the problem with any of these characters. You know, if it comes down to I've got a gun to the uh, yeah, Enigma's head, it, you're not going to shoot him. Nope. So nope. it causes storytelling problems to have these guys around. It does. Yeah, similar to, yeah, and we talked about this you know, when Smallville was on. You know, you know Lex isn't going to kill Clark. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Right, right. 
And also that just yeah, you know that at some point all of the the inherent evil of the first couple of seasons where yeah, he kind of had his fingers and stuff. It, he's it's going to become full blown and awful somewhere down the road. So it's just like when, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah. It's it, having. I thought there were way too many Batman winks and nods, and I understand why they did it. You're going to call a show Gotham. Yeah, ninety percent of the public hasn't touched a comic book since they were five, if they've ever touched one. They know the Nolan movies. They don't know beyond those about Carmine Falcone or how the mobs rose up in Gotham and how Batman's first task in year one was to go after the mobs. Right. So you have to show them, yeah, this is really a Batman show. But at the same time, it's it's very it's distracting. And it, it it's just there's too much temptation there. You know, if the ratings start to slip, well, shit, we better give them the Joker. Yeah. And, and I do not want to see, we saw it in this episode. I don't want to see it in another one. I don't want to play guess who the fucking Joker is. No. That's just boring to me. It doesn't matter who the Joker is. Especially since he told a street-level hack joke. Well, assuming that's <laughs> assuming that's the guy who becomes the Joker. It, yeah. It'd be very easy for them to just show a new dude every week. Where's Waldo? Where's the Joker? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's what I, it, it, and this is hard because it's the difference between what I was hoping for from the show and whatever they had planned from the beginning. Yeah. But what I'm hoping for from this, and I'm not seeing it here, was a show about a couple of cops who are good cops working in a city that is descending to the place where you need Batman to be. Yeah. And it seems like right now it's already descended. We've seen yeah. Falcone and Fish Mooney um, absolutely own the police to the point where if if a cop says, he's, you know, Bullock says, yeah, I'm going to have to come after you as respectful as, number one, Bullock can be, and number two, <laughs> a cop can be to a fucking mob boss. The first thing she says is, nope, kill the cop. Fuck it. Right. Yeah, that's a degree of corruption that... And then and then when, when Falcone steps in to stop that, it's not, you know, <laughs> oh, she didn't clear it through me. I'm sorry, was there paperwork that needed to be filed? Yeah, <laughs> like... so... Don Falcone, I come to you. <laughs> <laughs> On the day of your daughter's wedding. <laughs> you may wish your fish will be a masculine fish. <laughs> I... <laughs> masculine fish, that's not terrible. But <laughs> no donkey show. Well, all right. It's still a front runner, but let's take all comers. So like a few things can show. be. A don <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I was hoping for, you know, let's see Gotham become worse and worse and worse to where it really needs a Batman. And right, right now it just seems almost as bad as it can be minus supervillains. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a it's a gnarly sweaty screwed of a city. There there is uh, no other testicle that we're waiting to have descend. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be Gotham's first superhero. <laughs> the testicle descends. <laughs> I am justice. <laughs> I am the swinging sweaty face of justice. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm the one that went there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry I took it to its natural conclusion. <laughs> I feel terrible about this, but. Um, it's natural enemy is what baby powder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is also it, it's not two good cops that I liked. Yes. You know, Gordon is the good cop. Bullock has the potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, 
I like Donal Logue. Oh, yeah, and he was great in yeah. this episode. I mean, that last scene where he's talking to Gordon saying, you got to kill him. You know, it's you, you can't stand by yourself. They'll go after Barbara. This is just the way things are. Then flat out saying, I don't want to do it, but my instructions are, you yeah. know, you shoot or I shoot and I might not be able to do it, but I have to try because that's the way Gotham City is. He was great. Yeah. You know, and there was enough clearly trying to navigate the moral line the best you can with, all right, I got to try to save my partner. Mooney's got him. Let me at least make an effort. Right. You know, okay, it's, where is the moral line? We're both going to get killed if you don't shoot. So I have to try to convince you to shoot. This is a terrible situation. Nobody wins in this situation. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, what are we going to do if we're dead? Nothing. Right. So... So yeah, it's as a an amoral as opposed to <laughs> bless you, as opposed to an immoral cop. Yeah, I really liked <coughs> Sorry. You're aller- <laughs> you're allergic to the testicle. That's his power. <laughs> but, allergic to dirty cops. <laughs> but, but uh but yeah, as an amoral cop who's trying to do the best he can with a shitty situation, uh, I I thought he did very well. Yeah. You know, and he did well just as Bullock in general. You know, Donal Logue plays a good scumbag. <laughs> he does. It's you just know? a question of, like, where he is on the scumbag spectrum. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, a dude out drinking to get leads all night, you know, Irishing up his coffee in the morning with a <laughs> bottle of Mayna- Maalox next to it. Oh, yeah. Double fisting. Maalox in one hand, Irish up coffee in the other. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I bought him. Uh, I'm not sure I buy Ben McKenzie as Gordon. But he was on the O.C., he just drips with with like police cred from the OC. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I think he was also in uh, Southland or something like that. I think he played yeah. a cop in that. I mean, two shows I I didn't see. Yeah, it's you know as a good decent guy, I think he's fine. I think that part of Gordon he does well. Yeah, but there's a scene where where. Fish Mooney says, you know, I see darkness in you. Uh, a little danger in your eye. That's yeah. what it was. And they, they cut over on the two shot and he looked fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> the danger is he's going to piss his pants. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, a sense of danger or darkness. I got none of that yeah. out of this guy. No. You know, I want my Detective Gordon from Batman year one. Yeah. It's he he can fuck you up. <laughs> you better bring a lot of fucking guys <laughs> and he'll just tell you to your face. No, I'm not going to do that. And I just didn't get that sense from this guy. No. It's he may grow into it, but and they may not take the character in that direction. Well, no, the, at this point now, even though he didn't kill um, Penguin, he. He now, in theory, has something that the mob can hold over him, which just also puts him in a, a rough position. He either fesses up that he didn't do it, so no, you don't really have something on me, or or he has to do what he sold. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I'm not sure where that is, is going to go. You know, <laughs> is he undercover in his own department? Is he... <laughs> Now that could actually be kind of interesting. Well, that's the impression you get. I have to, I have to fix it from the inside out. Is what he says to Bruce. Yeah, and that's the best way to keep your secret plan secret. Tell it to a child. Yeah, just tell it to a twelve-year-old. 
who the only 12 year old in a thousand miles who can pick up the phone and arrange a press conference. <laughs> 12 year old with a publicist for Christ's sake. All right. Well, let, let's, let's step back for a second. One of the other, other than Donald Logue, I think one of my favorite characters and, and actors who, who brought it to life, um, Sean Pertwee as Alfred in this. He was good. I liked him. The alternating between no nonsense parenting and oh yeah shit you're still signing the checks yeah okay. <laughs> that was just that was a nice nice characterization yeah everybody's like you know clutching pearls as it were um that bursts up on the roof and he's just like get your ass down from there <laughs> like yeah right. yeah and yeah as yeah, the, the kid who plays bruce wayne i i didn't pick up his name because you know, frankly i don't care if we see bruce wayne again for the rest of this fucking show right i don't want it to be about bruce wayne clearly it's gonna be at least on some level but i thought he did fine yeah you know yeah the 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 screech he let out when his when his tv parents were killed was pretty heartbreaking yeah and and, yeah as initial i could buy acting aside this is more writing you know initially i i have to conquer fear right you know yeah you're 12 years old you do what's around the house you know (laughs) You, you go, go up, up on the roof. Yeah, you go up on the roof. And you know, in the scenes from next week, you know, to hold your hand over a candle to prove that you can at least have some control of pain. I, I can buy that. Sure. <laughs> but again, I don't I don't want this to be a show about Batman. No. You know, the, a couple of cops working in a shithole. Yeah, and, that would be more interesting. I, I, I want to see more stuff with also Montoya and Alan. You know, there there were characters that got completely short shrift because they were spending so much time on, look, here's the person that might be Riddler or or will be Riddler. Here's the person that's going to be Penguin. Here's <laughs> well, not just short shrift, played as antagonists. Yeah. To to Gordon and Bullock. You know, it, which is not how they were characterized in the comic at all. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, Bullock was uh, retired Mm-hmm. By the time Gotham Central started, and well respected. Well, I mean, there was a division in the department over how he went out, but you didn't breathe his name, and it and make any improper inferences around most cops if you wanted to keep your head. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, to have them just be antagonists, you know. And Gordon will be looking for allies. It's very possible that this is just an initial impression. You really can't tell anything about a show from the pilot because within six or eight months you know either it's canceled or (laughs) you know the the writers have found their their footing but but i mean yeah just to have them basically be douchebags right out of the gate (laughs) to the point i really had a problem with montoya trading on her sexuality to try to get one over on gordon through barbara through barbara gordon well, Barbara Gordon to be. She's not Barbara Gordon yeah. yet. But uh, I really had a problem with that. That felt yeah. way out of character for... Yeah, that's not something she would do. I mean, that this is a character who, for the, the first arc of um, her run in Gotham Central, was so deeply closeted. It was a, such a big scandal when she was outed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... it's and And on top of that, just the general level of... In- integrity that character has yeah it's it was an underhanded move yeah it it was dirty pool um you know and it at the very least it was an indication that maybe she's not corrupt and maybe was taking whatever avenues she had available to try to 
put pressure on who she perceives as a dirty cop. But that whole that whole bit in the plot, anyway, not to you know try to poke enormous holes in it. Oh, go ahead. We're having a good time so far. But you know, both Gordon and um, Bullock, upon finding out that they didn't get the guy and that he had been framed, Bullock's all freaked out because he killed him. It was still a clean shoot. His partner was being assaulted by a guy that was on the run, and and you know being aggressive and fighting back to them when they toward them when they were just there to ask questions initially. Yeah, it's. <laughs> And we talked about this extensively. There were some real problems that the whole sequence. Yeah. So it's basically what it comes down to, if you haven't seen it, is uh, Bullock gets a tip that Martha Wayne's necklace is in this guy. Uh, uh, what the hell's his name? I wrote it down someplace. Pepper. Yeah. This guy's uh, low-level criminal Pepper's house. So they go to ask him some questions. They ask about it, and he bolts. Yep. Now, the necklace was there. Fish Mooney planted it. The first question is, yeah, why did he bolt if he didn't know it was there? Right. Um, why did he fight with lethal force against Gordon trying to kill him? The the cops went to your house. Yeah, you're gonna kill your way out of this one. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it was a it was a legit shoot. Gordon was in mortal danger. Yeah. So the necklace is found. Now I got the impression that Montoya and Allen believe that. Bullock planted it. Well, they all they know is that Cobblepot, as an informant, told them that it was planted and didn't really provide any other details beyond Cobblepot saw fish with the necklace. Okay. But it, it, I, can, I can believe that they made the inference that Bullock and Gordon... Planted. Well, yeah, because it's a well-known fact on the force that Fish and Bullock are tight. Yes. But it also, how do you even prove that? Gordon and Bullock get to the door. Uh, Pepper bolts. They both follow him. When do you have a chance to drop it? Because Pepper's wife was there the whole time. Well, that, that's that's just it. That's why I don't understand the plot twist other than, you know, we need to do something so that... Um, Gordon becomes boy hostage and Bullock has to nut up and actually go and antagonize the people that he's comfy with. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's enough there that I can mostly buy what they were getting at. You know, it, okay, why wouldn't Bullock, <laughs> if you believe Bullock's the cat burglar B&E type, sneak in the window and drop it in the box and then go... Because he, he could so delicately get in that window. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then just prance right the heck out. <laughs> just prance in and just ignore the terrible beer farts the poor man is ripping the whole time. But where I'm going with this is if Gordon is such a boy scout, why wouldn't he be the one to take point and turn it before Montoya and Alan could do anything with it to make him look bad or to get IAD involved or anything like that? Yeah, I I don't know. It's a problem. There were like I said, there's enough there I can buy it to the point where it's not like this is retarded and I'm just not gonna pay any attention to this anymore. But it, yeah, there were there were some problems with it. Yeah. You know, as a viewer you had to infer a few things that you know, Montoya and Allen would say, Yep, it had to have been Bullock and Gordon. Yeah. And Yeah, I suppose yeah, again, further inferring, because none of this was in the show, if Gordon's father had a reputation as a corrupt DA who was in the pocket of the mob, hey, like father, like son. 
Well, I don't think he had a reputation as a corrupt DA. He was surprised to find out from Falcone that there was any relationship between him and his dad. All we knew is that Gordon's dad was a, a big shot DA in Gotham. Okay, so... It's in the final scenes, because he's like, what do you mean my dad was friends with you? <laughs> yeah, so... So, yeah, that's why I'm saying it's a big inference to say, oh, if that reputation was around, yeah. you know, Montoya and Allen might say that. So, yeah, I don't maybe think there's that, even less to that. Yeah, I don't think there was that reputation. I just, I think it was a, a shortcut so that they could um, have Mackenzie's character do something irrational um, and put himself in danger so that Bullock would have to demonstrate that he, despite his misgivings, is loyal to his partner because that's what cops do. Um, yeah. And, and then also shortcut for introducing Falcone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's the way the arc, this arc is probably going to go is both Gordon and Bullock move to major case. Yeah. Over time, you know, they will prove to Montoya and Allen that they're actually good police I think it has to go that way. Otherwise, yeah, this is a long term. I'm undercover in my own department. And eventually right. Bullock has to move to the moral side of moral versus immoral line for for him to continue with this. You can only get so much with, oh, I got a potentially dirty partner. And sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad. And <laughs> yeah, and I think that's going to, I think a certain amount of that's going to have to depend on how his relationship with Mooney, Fish Mooney, um, continues to go or not go because he's he's broken faith with her at this point by by threatening to arrest her if he has to. Um, so that's less of an in where he he lies down with the mobsters. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to go to major case because I think it's pretty clear. God, the more I think about it, this is gonna become for how long I don't know, but you know. Who ordered the Wayne hit? Right. And we're going to learn that Bruce Wayne's dad, Thomas, was not just a wealthy doctor who was a good dude, but he was working against the, the gang. Oh, probably. That Martha was, was the Mrs. Smith who ran sniper duty while he went in and busted up kids and some other goddamn thing. I, yeah, I don't know. Because, um. yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a hit. It can't just they've set up enough it can't just be a dead end that they never solve right which is what i'd prefer yeah this is their who killed retro girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a sad thing it, it, i would rather if it's gonna turn into if they're gonna make good on all these winks and nods and have a proto riddler and a penguin i'd rather see powers where it's the no we're a police department who deals with these things and this is our job and we're professional cops and this is a procedural yeah. with superpowers. And the thing is, we're going to get that on the PlayStation network. If I ever buy a PlayStation <laughs> when they actually do powers, when they actually do powers, but that's just it. I think, you know, their, their emphasis on so prominently placing cameos for penguin and Riddler and Catwoman and poison Ivy is, is just, it's misplaced and misguided when you could have um, Dr. Leslie Tompkins or more time with Montoya and Allen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, any other 
number of characters who you could find that are street level characters and not somebody who's going to turn into as they term it in Gotham a freak at some point yeah and frankly there's no reason they couldn't rather than make this a prequel there's no reason they couldn't have done Gotham Central yeah yeah the number of times we actually see Batman in that book you know it is a handful right just set it up you never see him honestly one of my favorite moments is it's not even Batman it's a a brush, a character whose family is mobbed up, um, but he works for the police force. Um, Huntress shows up. <laughs> yeah, like that was kind of a neat thing. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and and you can do that in the comics. Most people are going to come to this not being familiar with any of the comics. They know Batman, right? They know Robin, who has never shown up in any of the movies because there were only two movies before Jonathan Nolan rebooted it. <laughs> And and they know the supervillains. Yes. So, you know, you could very easily do, yeah, all right, we're cops working in this shithole, you know, and, yeah, you see the bat signal, but none of the street-level guys ever see Batman. I mean, Jesus Christ. The the image of Batman responding to the bat signal is Commissioner Gordon on the roof. Right. You know, how many street-level cops meet the commissioner? Yeah, or, you know, characters that, that have brushes with with the cops but don't necessarily that that aren't necessarily on the force like there's a receptionist character who they go out of their way in Gotham Central to point out like she's she's a temp and she's hired to work there so that she is not technically a city employee and her job other than answering the phones and doing clerical is to turn on the switch to the bat signal so that they have plausible deniability about Batman being an agent of the Gotham Police. Yeah, in the comic that was <laughs> that was a great note. Yeah, and in the TV show, you don't even have to go that far if you want to do a Gotham Central TV show. Right. You know, it's focus on major case. Gordon. Yeah, you see him passing the hall on the way to the stairway, and everyone goes, "Oh shit, they're bringing him in." Yeah. Don't even call him by name. Yeah. They 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 could have done that, and it's too early to tell how this show is going to go. But right now, I kind of prefer that. Yeah, I mean, in, unless unless the show does well enough in its numbers that it comes back for a second season and they decide they're jumping ahead five or seven years so that we have, like, season two is Batman year one. Yeah, but you know what? They're not going to do that. Yeah. And they're not going to do it for the same reason that uh, Christopher Nolan got the Graysons killed. Right. They're not going to want Batman on a TV property when they're going to do Batman versus Superman in a couple of years. Right. No, I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, I... I don't know how in its current incarnation it's going to have legs for much longer than solving this arc of, yeah, of it, who killed the Waynes. Yeah, and the problem is they... And they can't legitimately solve it. No, they they can, and they can fuck it all up by doing th- it. But that's my point. It will be fucked up. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's still... It's way early to tell. I mean... Now, all this aside, I enjoyed it while I was watching it. I mean, we're, we're poking holes in it, but I, I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, that's and that's part of the point of our doing this show is it's fun to talk about things. And, you know, unless you really have a conversation about it, you don't really know if it stands up or falls. Down. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was Jada Pinkett Smith until after the fact, because normally she irritates the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she was fine. I thought she was fun. Yeah. She looked like she was having a hoot chewing up the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what amounts to, you know, half a supervillain already. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I was fine with that. I don't think Ben McKenzie was 
terrible, but I don't see any of the darkness that they're trying so hard to imply is there and that as a fan of Frank Miller's year one, I really want to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Donald Logue, even though he kills TV shows. <laughs> he kills great TV shows. Knights of Prosperity was hysterical. Terriers was awesome. Hopefully he doesn't kill this before it can become something. But Let's be fair. He doesn't kill it. It's just he ends up on properties that die prematurely. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and this could become something. You know, he was pretty compelling as as Bullock. If they can avoid the temptation to bring in supervillains. Yep. And if they can really show an arc for Bullock moving toward, yep, I'm a an old school cop. I'm a gruff cop, but I'm... I've decided I'm a good cop and I'm not going to work with this anymore. You know, taking on gangs and showing Gotham still becoming worse no matter what they do, this could turn into a really good show. You know who I would have liked, actually, now that I think about it, and they, would, they wouldn't they would do this, but uh, as as Gordon is the guy that was his partner on Terriers. Oh, yeah. but Wh- Whoever that dude was. <laughs> oh, God, I can't think of his name. He was also on True Blood. Yeah. You know, you have the internet machine, but I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great because they had great chemistry together on that show. But he, um, you know, he's oh no, just don't put in terriers, then you get all oh here is yeah, but oh, dog sites. Yeah, and because of that, they would work well together. But there's a bunch of problems. Number one, he was really good in that, but he was the Michael Raymond James. That's it. I saw it on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was really good. But he he was a wisecracker. Um, and he, he could be, but he on, on True Blood he was um, just you know, smooth and dark. <laughs> yeah, true. But also, isn't he attached to Once Upon a Time? He is. Yeah, that's true. So, he's, he's Bill Fire. In that. Yeah. Um, but uh, number two, from a practical standpoint, w- with Warner Brothers being gun shy about their properties, and yeah, you know, they're 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 not going to make Commissioner Gordon ethnic in any way (laughs) you know if you can't picture the dude getting that pussy tickler cock brew mustache well it's just it like that was gordon had no mustache in this he was stashless that's that's gordon's thing stashless write that down (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know that it was does does he have one now now um no he does he does sorry I just had a terrible brain fart. <laughs> suddenly, three years of New 52 books just wiped themselves out of my head. I'm like, what? Is, well, what you, is? you were richer for the experience for about a second. Well, <laughs> I, I like several of the New 52 books. Uh, do I wish we'd go back to pre-New 52? Yes. Uh, a lot of the time, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, a grumpy old woman moment as I was reading through Gotham Central in these trades going, I really like this. This is making me excited about comics again, and... Oh, wait, these are older books. <laughs> yeah. Everything was better years yeah. ago. <laughs> and everybody did the same thing after the first crisis. You know, I was young enough, it didn't matter. You know, I continue to try to give it a try. Books drop off. <laughs> drop off my pulls, and yeah. I'll try the new ones. And some are you know, not bad. Some are don't get bought more than once. But, you know, I try to give it a chance. Now, there's that whole theory going around, and I forget where I saw it online. It's not mine. That, And I may have mentioned it last week that uh, this whole Future's End thing is going to match up with uh, Jonathan Hickman's, you know, in eight months, oh, yeah. time disappears arc. 
in Avengers and we're going to get a crossover and maybe it's an excuse to blow up the new 52 or mm-hmm. something. It's it's not going to happen, but Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Future's end is not working for me. I I tried to I I tried to jump back into it cuz I've enjoyed a few of the one shots. Yeah. So I tried to jump back into the main title and this week was just nothing but Green Arrow given exposition for 19 pages. Just, all right. No. Ollie does like to hear himself talk. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't like to hear Ollie talk since the new 52. <laughs> <laughs> so. I blame you, Anne Nicenti. <laughs> no. No, she took it over after a while. Uh, she was not part of the main. That's true. But <laughs> we're, we're getting. We're getting a, f- a field from what we uh, intended to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we're about 55 minutes in. Do we want to? talk at all about agents of shield we uh, yeah i don't think we need to spend a a great deal of time on it other than it's back (laughs) thank you good night thank you good night (laughs) it's back um there were the there are moments of it that dragged a little there were moments of it that i found really compelling and will want to keep me interested um i didn't care that abercrombie and fitch um also known as agent ward had apparently <laughs> tried to kill himself several times in prison. Um, Should have tried harder. <laughs> All I'm saying is my $50 cleared. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody owes me some money. Um, but um, poor poor Simmons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was it Simmons or Fitch? Uh, Fitz. Uh, the, the, Fit. dude, the dude half of it. Yeah, the dude. <laughs> yeah, Fitz, I think it was. And okay. Simmons took off. And yeah. Fitz is hallucinating Simmons. Cause right. Because he's got some sort of brain trauma. Because every time I've ever bumped my head. You see beautiful yeah, women? The English women follow me around and tell me, you're doing great, Rob. <laughs> God wants you to piss in the front seat of that car. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just keep working through it. You'll find pants. Someone will FedEx them to you. <laughs> FedEx me pants. Write, write it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I liked about it... Um, that it looks like they're going to take advantage of the fact that even though S.H.I.E.L.D. is now a much truncated organization. Yes. That they can rotate people in and out. Yes. Um, we did see Ward, but yeah, he's off the playing field. And if they're smart, he was never that compelling anyway. Just, right. you know, yeah, somebody smuggle him a razor blade in his cake and let him finish the job <laughs> and just clear the field on him. Um but yeah, there, there's one or two new players, a couple of which are brought in toward the end of last season. But it, it lets people go in and out. So if things are working or aren't working, you can make them go away. I enjoyed Lu- Lucy Lawless. Uh, yeah. In this episode, I was like seeing her on TV. So yeah, it's uh, you know yet more geek fan service. But you know she always does a good job as a supporting player. And, and she has a great American accent. For the number of folks that that try on an American accent from various parts of the Commonwealth. Um, <laughs> she does a nice job of, of not making it like weird and flat and atonal in the back of her mouth like so many of them do to try to strip themselves of yeah well I mean the problem is there's no more an American accent than there is an English accent or an know. Australian one or, yeah, yeah I mean you, you can sort of patch together an amalgam that fools the rubes yeah you know but yeah I mean between it's like, but it, it ends up being you know when when somebody from outside of the states tries to do it it sounds like this just flat atonal thing in the back of the soft palate <laughs> yeah yeah and it certainly works remotely well yeah it serves 
the purpose of of not sounding British. Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not as good as mine because nobody knows I'm from Belize, and that's why I don't want to fucking go back there. But <laughs> they have an extradition treaty. Uh, <laughs> Christ, I hope not. Hello, <laughs> but, internet. No, don't look it up. That was a stupid aside. <laughs> Fuck it. Um. So yeah, the ability to rotate people in and out was cool. It was cool to see Patton Oswalt again. He's clearly just having a blast being yes. on a comic book show. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, we've got a new MacGuffin, you know, whatever that piece of silver yeah. was that, you know. Turned Lucy Lawless's yeah. arm into a shriveled up thing. Yeah. Um, it was good to see an actual supervillain. Yes. You know, the Absorbing Man. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And they, they found an excuse to give him his ball and chain in one scene. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice service <laughs> for the fans. But yeah, just a flat out, for a superhero show, here's somebody with superpowers, <laughs> which we didn't see a ton of last season. Right. You know, we got Deathlock early on and then you know, later when he actually became Deathlock and he looked more like the goalie from the Canadians <laughs> than Deathlock. But you do what you can with a TV budget. But, uh, and yeah, it seems like it has a direction. It was very much a case of the week. Monster of the week. Yeah, yeah. monster of the week in the first season. Uh, didn't really get its legs under it until it decided, yes, we're the aftermath of Captain America, the first right. Avenger. Right. They capitalized on that fairly well. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like they got a direction they're going in. So it's it was a reasonably strong start to it. Yeah. I don't ever want to hear about uh, What's-Her-Face's father. No. Yeah, they they set it up all last season, and it's just, I never... Sky is mystery dad from yeah, China. It, I've never given a shit. <laughs> <laughs> we know it can't be the Mandarin. We saw him in Iron Man 3. But what if it is? What if it is Trevor Slattery? Or Slattery, whatever his name is. Yeah. All right, that'd be funny. <laughs> I could buy into that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what's his face? Nathan Petrelli. Oh. Yeah, he got Gordon's mustache. <laughs> he, he got, he, he did look like he walked right out of the comic book. He had that dick haircut. And just. <laughs> he, he looked like he walked right out of a gay porn, high and tight, <laughs> giant mustache. It's unfortunate hair. Truly, truly unfortunate hair. But you know, but it, like the character in the in the in the damn comic book, so yeah, and and I like Powers. So yep. anybody on that, give them a chance. Fuck it, that first season of Powers was killer. Yes, I watched every goddamn episode at least once. I don't have all the DVDs. Powers <laughs> or Heroes? Heroes. Sorry, Powers will be. You have to buy a PS4. We talked about this. Yeah. Well, as this room pulls together, <laughs> we can have one machine upstairs and one downstairs. Yes. So. So yeah, it wasn't a bad start to it. I think it was a stronger start than than the first season yes. where it really went with, all right, we're going to X-Files it up for a while until we figure out what the fuck we want to do. Yes. Now, the, the interesting part will be, you know, in May, Avengers 2 comes out, so they're going to want to tie up to that somehow. Yeah, unless, you know, that's late enough in the season because Captain America came out in April last year, mm -hmm. so maybe late enough in the season they can do some kind of Cliffhammer cli cliffhanger climax going into... Perhaps. I mean, usually the, these TV shows run into M May somewhere. Yeah, and it's first week of May, I think, is okay. is Avengers 2. Yep. Yeah, so, so. They, they will have time before sweeps. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it certainly galvanized the show to be tied into a movie last year. We'll see if it does the same thing or if it just fucking derails it completely. Right. right. So. All right. Books? 
Yeah, let's talk about some actual comic books on All this right. comic book show. Let's Although, do this. Yeah, you know, we we did our I think prerequisite slagging of New Fifty Two. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, the New Fifty Two is killing me. I uh, DC was my jam when I was in high school, man. Yeah. And it just has not been the same. No, no. <laughs> but. Although this week, and this has nothing to do with DC or Marvel, just uh, for for shits and giggles, I picked up uh, the back issues of the Chaos Run from Dynamite Comics because I've been having fun with like Evil Ernie and Chastity and all of those characters, and it's like their team-up book. And you can (laughs) tell me how they are. (laughs) There's a reason in the late 90s I was reading almost nothing but Vertigo. (laughs) But it's just like, this is where I'm at right now, like trying to find things that seem interesting, and I'm I'm reading Chaos. So good job, guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's Tim Seeley? (laughs) <laughs> we did re- revival, so. <laughs> All right, I, I can get behind that. Uh, Evil Ernie, we better get some booze into you as soon as we can. <laughs> I'm about court Lou. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So, uh, which one do we want to do first? Um, let's talk about Modoc and his um, <laughs> unrequited love for Maria Hill. All right, so Secret Avengers. Yeah, Secret Avengers eight, uh, written by Alice Cott. We're gonna uh, spoil this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she uh, said. <laughs> Why stop now? Uh, yeah, written by Alice Cott, uh, art by Michael Walsh. Um, yeah, it's been an, an ongoing arc. Modoc is working for Maria Hill on the Secret Avengers project, uh, and Hill tells Spider Woman that she knows that Modoc's working as a mole for AIM. Yeah, and lays out her plans to, you know, deal with that. And in the meantime, we get a bunch of flashbacks from Modoc's point of view to see how his plan has come along. Yeah. And yeah, God help us. <laughs> Where it's going from here? Modoc wants some of that sweet, sweet Maria Hill. <laughs> Modoc need poontang. <laughs> Machine designed only for. No, that'd be Modod dicking. Um. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, yeah, Modoc. Modoc uh, has discovered that he has a crush on Maria Hill, and he's. <laughs> Can you picture him? <laughs> In front of her apartment, <laughs> holding up a beatbox with those stubby arms in playing in your, your eyes. eyes. <laughs> Go home. Uh, all right. So obviously, um, this is not a serious story. I gave her my love. She gave me a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I need not a pen. I'm not. I'm not a machine designed only for writing. <laughs> Modoc, tell me how you don't want to sell anything, bought or sold. <laughs> I don't want to kill anything bought, sold, or processed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have it all figured out, sir. I just want to kill with your daughter. <laughs> I would read that book. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it, it's yeah. just so ridiculous don't, on the face of it. Don't it's, be a guy. <laughs> the world is full of guys. Be a modot. <laughs> Be a machine designed only for killing. What's what's the name of his lackey ha- handler? Uh, Snapper. Snapper, just sitting there, Snapper, going, "Bitches, man." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah, we gotta get off of that. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, that's a vi- an image that sticks in the old craw. <laughs> it does. But, but again, getting back, this it it was funny to read, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. It is a silly story, and it has been the entire time. I mean, uh, look, Alice Cott is doing his best Warren Ellis impression yes. here. Yeah. This is very much, because as I've been going through all these books, I did a bunch of the 2008, 2009, 
So in the last couple of days, I've read a bunch of Next Wave. Yeah, I was going to say, about the only thing this book is missing is Fing Fam Foom talking about putting somebody down his pants. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this this has a lot of the elements from Next Wave, and that's not a bad thing. You know, it's it's okay to be influenced, because it, it is yeah. fun. It's not as much fun as Next Wave, but there's... All the elements are there, and there's a lot of fun to it. You know, you've got funny, silly captions. Yep. You know, Spider-Woman does whatever a Spider-Woman can. Right. You know, Maria Hill knows everything about you. Exclamation point. With exclamation point yeah. spelled out underneath <laughs> it. Um, we've got the big, overblown, uh, and sometimes just sick changes to, to characters nobody's seen for a while and nobody really gives a shit about. You right. Know, the Fury having just given birth and blubbering. Oh, and did you notice that the Fury had like transmit eyes? Like like a circle and like a rectangle? Yeah, but the Fury always did. The Fury is okay. from Alan Moore's run on Captain Britain uh, from the Daredevils okay. back in uh, the 70s. All right. Um, so now I'm wondering if those sunglasses and transmit are a nod to Alan Moore's work. <laughs> it, it's possible, but I mean, that's that's sort of the, the riff. The okay. Fury was the unstoppable killing machine that destroyed worlds yeah. And now he's just sort of blubbering. Blubbering. Yeah. You know, after ha- after he has given birth well, to yeah, a, a Cthulhu, apparently. <laughs> but it's I mean that's the kind of stuff that that uh, Ellis did in Next Wave. You know, right. bringing back Four Bushman with cosmic powers. Sure. And Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> so I mean we got that there. You know, stupid shit being used as weapons. Um, yeah. You know, what's her name? Moonstone or whatever in Next Wave it had a shovel that she always used. And this, we got a weaponized mouse. We got a mushroom, mushroom gun. Mushroom gun, yeah. There's a doomsday bomb that has a personality and has long conversations with Spider-Woman in other issues. Yeah. So the Mushroom gun, gun looked like something out of Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just, you know, overblown, silly weaponry. And, yeah, these bombastic characters who give these big speeches and have weird overblown motivations like Modoc wanting to get down. With... <laughs> the pills aren't going to help, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does Modoc get on top? That would kill her. He um, is designed only for killing. He's not designed for fucking. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe he's in love with her mind and it's some weird cerebral thing. I don't know. <laughs> it, frankly, it hurts my mind. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's supposed to. But I mean, all these big dumb elements—they're a lot of fun, you know. It's it, I—is he ribbed for her pleasure? Can he be? No, he's designed only for killing. <laughs> Get with the program. But yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly caught red next wave. Yeah. Next wave is awesome. If you're going to be motivated by something, be motivated by something that's big and fun and dumb with explosions and kicking now this the one thing this issue was missing was uh, yeah there's no violence yeah that's okay every once in a while but even then there were beyond the silliness there were some nice character moments you know hill making the observation that hawkeye is just sort of acting like an overblown version of himself so that people look at him that he's like less of a Threats. Yeah, he's just a slob. We don't have to take him seriously. That was an interesting. Yeah, until Jessica Drew rightly pointed out, no, he's always like that. I dated him. <laughs> well, all right, that's true. So we get right back to the fun and silliness. Yeah. But... So, I mean, uh, yeah, and it doesn't seem really closely tied to any continuity. I've certainly not seen a weaponized mouse anywhere in Hickman's Avengers. Right, but... right. So, uh, yeah, it's just sort of its own little thing, and it's fun to read. 
you know, I I don't see it getting a ton of press because it's yeah, it's not going to change the world, but it's yeah, it's kind of fun. It's important to have fun stories. Yeah, and and the art is sort of a sketchy style. Yep. Um, but even that, there's some fun stuff. I I love. It, it, it it only works because it's a big splash page, but a big splash page of Modoc and Snapper sitting on the beach looking at the sunset, talking yeah. about their plans. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is stupid. But it's fun stupid. So, I mean, it's definitely worth a shot. It's not going to change your world, but it, it was a good time. It was a good time. And it's been a good time as the run's been going on. So, I mean, this is one, you know, I'll... Full disclosure, I've read a couple things from Cot, some early stuff. One I reviewed for the site, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was his, you know, basically his Lovecraft story. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, my God, it was overblown and pretentious. And I'm just, I remember putting it down going, Jesus Christ, this is a name i got to avoid. But he did some decent stuff for DC for a while. He yeah. was on Suicide Squad, which is not bad. Right. You know, this one I got purely because, yeah, the owner of the local comic store, I told him once I want Avengers, so I get all the Avengers. Get all the titles. Avengers, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and this one wind up wound up being fun, and this is a fun issue. So, buy this book. Definitely buy this one. This one, this was also fun. Yeah, this one was also silly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fluffy. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I went through all the books. I go through every week, and we try to pick out you know a couple, you know, either big press books or you know really awesome books, and there just weren't any this week. This is kind of a weak week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, some decent books, but none of them set the world on fire. So this week we just sort of went with, all right, what was what was the most fun to read? So, yeah. Harley, Harley Quinn definitely was a, a fun read. Yeah, so Harley Quinn, yet another Future's End. Another fucking Future's End. <laughs> well, like I said, I've got, I've got problems with Future's End, but some of the one-shots have been pretty good. So yeah. I, I don't want to slam them all. This this is an exception to the rule. This one was just fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Uh, art by Chad Harden. Yet another one in imaginary future. Although this one has nothing whatsoever to do with what's going on with Futures End. They just took took the opportunity of great. This is definitely out of continuity. Awesome. Let's just do something silly. Well, actually, it's not necessarily completely beyond the pale. It, it has her for no particular reason. Um, showing up on like a deserted island after plane crash yeah. and running into the joker of all places yeah <laughs> as as if to say harley and 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 mr j get back together again because that's her future um <laughs> and it still doesn't go any more smoothly when than when they were to get together the first other 800 times yeah it, yeah it's basically she's on this island and joker is there with some native tribe yeah and has been there for a while and has set himself up as the king yeah and there's also a volcano, <laughs> so native tribe volcano. Somebody's going in that motherfucker. Yeah, that's just how it is. And but yeah, he's been. You know, it, he tries to set her up to be the one to go in. Right. But in the meantime, he talks about what he's been doing since he's been there, and he's trained these villagers to dress up like superheroes. <laughs> so he, he so can he, destroy them for his own amusement. Yeah, he can set yeah. up bamboo tra death traps to try to wipe them out. What I like, though, is he was just like, you know, it gets, it gets boring. You know, you you live in New York, you move out of New York, and you want a bagel, and it's just not the same. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. just want the real thing. Well, yeah, because <laughs> he's their king, so even when he loses, he's like, so what now? It's like, whatever you say, your majesty. <laughs> so he can't lose. And, uh... 
Yeah, I mean, just overall, it's fun. This entire series, you know, Harley breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool. Yeah. You know, the, the comment where it's like, oh, I don't want to be heard, so I better talk in thought balloons. That's about the only thing I might want out of a possible, like, Hickman-Johns crossover of DC and Marvel is what happens when Harley runs into Deadpool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be the fucking book of the week as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, put away your events. Just give me that one. Give me 48 pages of that. I'll pay $10. Somebody get on this. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that stupid stuff, Gopherhead Bernie, who's being the voice of reason, even Bernie. when he's in the stomach of an alligator. Yeah. That he could somehow, as a stuffed head, chew his way out of. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? It was, it was also nice to see the Joker not as a Hannibal Lecter-level, just homicidal threat. Yeah, just back to being the, his old goofy goofy psychotic self yeah now i really liked death of the family yes yeah i i've been on record on the main website that i think it's clear that you know scott snyder read one or two earlier stories Mm -hmm. um but generally i really enjoyed it but yeah it was very much a the joker is unstoppable and implacable and dangerous and in no way funny and that's fine yeah but yeah, every once in a while. You want to go back to Goofy Joker. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, the dude who poisoned the fish. Right. Stupid Joker fish. The, the, yeah, the the Joker from the, the Dini animated run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dangerous, but definitely trying to be funny. Right. So it was kind of cool to see him again. The even... clown prince portion of the equation. Yeah, and, and it also felt like this was the, the once every X number of issues years months whatever where we have to see exactly why harley and the joker can't be together right you know he thinks nothing of her (laughs) she's meat yeah he'll be nice to her when he needs something what toxic substance will he drop her into today exactly so volcano (laughs) yeah you know art wise harden's art was fine yeah i mean he was you know on the cartoony side of realistic you know, I liked his facial expressions. You know, Harley yeah. went everything from almost friggin' manga-eyed glee, <laughs> you know, to you know, legitimate irritation as she's kicking the Joker in the balls. Yeah, the Joker should be kicked in the balls at least once every every oh, issue yeah. he appears in. Yeah, and you'd think he'd wear a cup, but no. You'd think, <laughs> but eh. He should get the crazy. He doesn't remember. <laughs> He's using it as a reminder for his first battle with the mighty testicles. <laughs> The uh, <clears throat> the the art on Joker too is I think subtle because it was definitely um, clownish, but there was just subtle scarring to remind everybody about that whole face off thing. Yeah, but it, ju- but subtle. Yeah, absolutely. But clearly, his face has been reattached at some point. Yeah. So, then yeah, that's it's certainly horrific to see him wearing his face you know, <laughs> on a strap. But uh, come on, let's get back to. <laughs> Put your face back on. We got sh- we got shit to do. Yeah, <laughs> God damn it, we've got priorities. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's bad enough with <laughs> every superhero you see with a mask. It's like, why don't they just pull it over their eyes? If they pull your own face over your eyes and then kick you in the balls, that's just you're not Hannibal Lecter anymore, no, sir. No, I mean, if every couple of years they decide to recreate Harvey Dent's face out of nothing, um, I think they can put the Joker's face back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. This is another fun one. Yeah. So, yeah, worth picking up. Because, yeah, like I said, it, it just felt like as I'm going through, it's like, eh, this is okay. Eh, this is okay. There, there was not very much to really write home about. 
this week. So yeah, and it's all fun and games to like take the the kind of lesser books that came out and and rip them shreds. But sometimes it's more fun to talk about the things that we should be celebrating. Yeah. And that will help to keep us interested in the thing that we we enjoy. Yeah, certainly you and I have a hoot ripping shit to pieces. Yeah. It's a good time. It is. However, (laughs) we do love this stuff. And sometimes, yeah, you just got to have a good time with it. Yeah. So. And that's why I bought Chaos this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, you can tell me how that was. (laughs) I will finish the Extinction Parade trade that I picked up. Also a good time. Less fun, but good book. Yeah. All right, so why don't we wrap it up? Okay. All right, so, yeah, if you're looking for us, I'll pay you back, I swear. I'll get the <laughs> money. Not in the face. <laughs> but, yeah, you can find us at our uh, home website, which is crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, you can email us, if you would like, at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. We are active-ish on Twitter. Our we twi- are. Our Twitter handle is... At Infinite Midlife. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not that active on it. I can never remember what that is. But Tattoo that on you somewhere. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can find us on iTunes. If you find this there, you know, do us a favor. Give us a, a rating. Give us a review. Yes. Uh, helps us out. Helps people find the show. Helps tell us you know, what we're doing that you like, what we're doing that you don't like. And I don't care what you say. The mighty testicle is becoming a part of this show. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, now I know what you're going for for Halloween. <laughs> Well, it's easy. <laughs> you know, I'm half a lump as it is. I just need get, to... Get you an extra large potato sack or something. And yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> Stick some fun fur on it. That'll be fine. <laughs> Slap a cape on it. There you go. <laughs> get you a mask. That are, if, if you're a walking testicle, nobody's looking at your face. You don't need a mask. You can go full Superman. People may confuse you with Dan Halen, though, from Squidbillies. Oh, yeah. All right. I can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Oh yes, we're also <laughs> also doing an active show. <laughs> we are actually doing a show. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you can uh, also find us. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. And uh, all right, I guess that's it. So this has been episode thirty-six of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And don't don't get me a prolapse sack. I'm not dressing up as a testicle. It says you. <laughs> show me the color of your coin. <laughs> Or give me $5.